Welcome to the Reluctant Vegan Sub Podcast. On this episode, we talk about what you can control and what you can't control. And that manifests in so many ways. Right now, it is March Madness. We talk about how pissed off people get over their brackets, which is completely out of their control. Why do they do that? We also talk about my insane weekend that was also a tiny bit out of control. So I hope you enjoy this one. I had a lot of fun doing it. Before quarantine, I was on spring break in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I was drinking. I was smoking. Don't catch me, FBI. I was living life. I thought I had a great time. I was eating a shit ton of fast food. Quarantine hit. I came home. My family is vegan. I became the reluctant vegan son. This is my podcast talking with my friends and family about food, veganism, all types of things, whatever the fuck comes up, and I love it. So, hit the music. What's going on, everybody? This is the 41st episode of the Reluctant Vegan Sun Podcast. I'm Adam, the Reluctant Vegan Sun. I'm here with Nikki Naird and once again, a reluctant vegan mom. I don't know if I'm really reluctantly vegan at this point, but I like the name. I don't <laughs> like non-reluctant, non-reluctant, because I have more than enough opportunity to eat meat. I mean, you have every opportunity to eat meat. It's it, they're your own personal decision. Exactly. So at this point, yeah. it's not very reluctant. Yeah. We're going to stand by it. It starts reluctant. It stays reluctant. You know, it's about the journey. And the destination. I guess the destination is the journey in this case. I mean, do so. you still want it to be a vegan podcast? That's the well, interesting part because we don't talk about veganism. I don't know if it's much. ever. Well, next week I want to talk about veganism. So I have <laughs> a lot to talk about today. But next week I want to talk about honey and whether honey people, because there's a big debate over honey, I think, in the vegan community. Right? Or no? Is I, there not? I don't know if it's a debate. You know, oh, I mean, just, most, most vegans don't believe don't eat that honey. honey is vegan. Yeah. Mm, that's true but some people do yeah i mean i think Mm. if they're plant-based they might decide that has some medicinal properties to it there's been a lot of research with honey and so on you know so i think that that the decision might be a little bit different but i think when somebody is is considering themselves vegan it's a kind of political stance against exploitation and against using things that have not been explicitly given to us by the permission of whoever is giving it to us that's true that's true But yeah. I mean, bees, beekeepers do have a place in society. And I thought it was hurt, helping a little bit, the taking of the honey or hurting. I'm not sure exactly how the honey harvesting and stuff. I thought it does kind of help bees as well. I don't know why I had that image. I might be entirely wrong, but I, I'm sure some of, of whatever is said about it is probably that it's not hurting the bees because we have a very mixed relationship with bees. I yeah. mean, they sting, but they also pollinate. And so the bees thought are, is, mm-hmm. if bees the are, community dies, then we wouldn't be able to continue life on earth as we know it. Mm-hmm. Bees so. are our friends. I stand by that. <laughs> Hornets, on the other hand, may not be our friends. Yeah, I don't know what they're for. <laughs> like, yeah. The use of creating a hornet. Maybe something eats the hornets. That's possible. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe they were just a cycle of life type of thing. You, do you think there's a place in society for something that a different animal eats? I do. Hmm. I would need to know what that is, though. Yeah, like who eats cockroaches and shit? 
Right. So I think cockroaches, are they there to clean up the disgusting debris that we humans create? That's possible too. Maybe we're the infestation on this earth and the cockroaches clean up our waste. I think that's a possibility. Yeah. I think that's that's true of rats and mice too. Well, I have a very different opinion of rats and mice than most people. We did have pet rats for a while. (laughs) So I do love rats. Also, I mean, rats are pretty smart animals and they're very incredibly resourceful. That's for sure. Rats also got the short end of the stick in the rodent community because people love hamsters. They keep them as pets. Do they love them otherwise? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. People don't necessarily keep rats as pets, so they see them. I guess you see rats more often just around than hamsters. I don't know if there are wild hamsters. There has to be. <laughs> but where do hamsters come from? That's yeah. interesting. Someone I domesticated them at some point. So I think there's something about that long tail, especially a long tail without a lot of fur on it, that makes them absolutely hated. You think it's the tail? I thought it was more their place in society. How if you see something running around the subway system, it seems a little more difficult to appreciate them. I think that's a possibility, but squirrels don't bother people quite. That's true. Rats do. But squirrels don't necessarily steal from like, like rats are considered dirty. I don't think the tail is what people make think rats are dirty. So do you think they're associating the tail with rats and that's yeah. where the tail has gotten its bad rap? I think so. I mean, rats. other animals have tails and they're extremely useful. I mean, I could use a tail right now. Plus <laughs> it's Dragon Ball Z, right? You've never watched Dragon Ball Z probably, but no. Goku originally has a tail. Yeah. And he was surprised that other people didn't have tails and he actually uses his tail very effectively in the beginning. What does he use his tail for? Like it's an extra arm. You can wrap it around things. You can attack people with it. You can, you can use it for balance and stuff. Many uses for a tail. Our tail just got really tail. short. Yeah. Huh. Interesting like if that. humans had tails. That would be interesting. Would we need a fluffy tail for people to love us? Or would they think we're a rat if we had an unfluffy skinned, unhaired tail? Fluffy tails just don't seem very useful. <laughs> The rat's tail seems incredibly useful compared to a squirrel's tail. I mean, I'm sure squirrels probably use their tail effectively. I'm not sure how they use their tail. Exactly. Does it help them fly through the air in some way? I don't know. They do squirrels have incredible great flyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The flying squirrel. No, my cereal fell. I don't know. I should have put it up in my pantry. Mm. But anyways, yeah, squirrels, I, they are good at flying. They're called Aren't there flying squirrels too? Literally. I, I'm not sure whether they're flying squirrels or they're just squirrels that are really adept at going from one tree to the other. Like, I don't think mm. they have wings and fly. No, they don't have wings. But I right. thought they have maybe like excess body mass or on their side so that like they can spread it like a glide. So they can glide. Yeah. Right, right, right. I'm not yeah. sure whether they're a completely different species or not. Like, is a flying squirrel a different species? It might have a different a- name. I mean, every dog is technically a different species. I think it's the same species. Hmm. I mean, there's a different breed within the dog and they breed so quickly and genetically modify themselves to look so different so fast. It's pretty amazing to watch. Dogs or squirrels? Ah, dogs. I mean, squirrels are pretty amazing. Do you remember that that video, how smart they they were? Mm -hmm. 
video that that guy did. I'm blanking on what his name is, but it was a pretty brilliant video. And he was trying to catch the squirrels that were actually taking from the bird feeder. But the squirrels definitely outdid him. He was unable to somehow trick a squirrel. Hmm. Yeah. But everybody, oh, what am I saying? Didn't he end up building obstacle courses for the squirrels too? Is that what happened? Absolutely. Yeah. It was brilliant. You should definitely link that. We should look for that. I'll look for it. The squirrel obstacle course. Eventually just gave up. Well, he didn't give up, but he created intricate things for the squirrels. It's pretty cool. Yeah, he did. And and they always did well. We were never that good rat owners. If we were good rat owners, we might've done something similar. We were bad rat owners, actually. And Mm -hmm. also- these rats that we had were mostly inbred. And so they developed these tumors and we didn't take the rats to a, a little veterinarian or a rat nope. vet. So they basically died this horrible death. Yeah. We were an awful rat owning family. We weren't awful. We cleaned their cage pretty often. We did. We did. Yeah. I, I mean, did. we did. You did. I didn't. <laughs> so did I loved not. having a hamster in my suite at school. That wasn't mine. <laughs> I had nothing to do with the hamster except play with him. Right. I probably could have helped out a little bit more. Hamster lasted a while too. I mean, we were decent. We were bad hamster owners, but (laughs) yeah, our hamster lost an eye, I think at one point. Oh no. We just didn't take it to the vet as well. I think it was some infection type thing. Oh, I I have no idea. No, we did not poke the eye out, but the (laughs) the hamster lasted until last year, until last semester. Okay. Which was two and a half years and you get the hamster from the pet store. You never know how long that thing's been alive. So true. That is so true. We also, for the longest time, tried to figure out whether the hamster was male or female. We had no idea. Hmm. We called it her. But why do we have to genderize hamsters? You know, maybe all this debate. <laughs> about... I don't know if they consider themselves female. Yeah, or male. That's what I'm that's saying. A question. Yeah. I mean, you can have a female reproductive system, I guess. And mm, then be called true. whatever you want. Right. right I don't right, know. Right. But being called mm. whatever you want is part of what I wanted to talk about today. Not exactly mm. that. But okay. I want to talk about how you can control what you can control. Mm. And in the way of, you know, choosing who you are, you can control how you choose who you are and what you put yourself out there, what you call yourself. And people will respect that most of the time. Can't control if people don't respect that all the time, though. Mm. And that's fucked up if people don't respect it. But that is something that is outside of your control. And yeah, so I want to talk about control. We talked about a little bit about last week. And you always talk about not worrying about stuff you can't control or not worrying about other people think. Or you also have that theory that there's some truth in everything that people say. Or some of their own personal truth. Yeah, that is true. That is true. There is there is something. But, okay. um, but, but worrying is an indulgent emotion. That doesn't mean you don't mm-hmm. take action. But I think mm-hmm. people get confused with the idea that you need to be worried in order to take action. And usually it's the exact opposite. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I think a lot of worrying has to do with taking control of what you have. Because a lot of worrying comes over what you can't control. Right. right now, I think there's a great event where people get really pissed off over things they can't control. March Madness. <laughs> the NCAA basketball tournament me sitting here filling out a bracket I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing none <laughs> of the experts have any idea of what they're doing today one of the top four seeds in the tournament Illinois number one seed lost in the second round ESPN goes crazy Instagram goes crazy oh my god what an upset and then you have all these people on television saying 
I love Illinois. They're such a great team literally a week before. And you're like, it doesn't age well. Now they can't control what Illinois does in the tournament. It's all based on what happened previously. But it also shows you that nobody knows what's going to happen during these games. That's the beauty of it. That's why it's called March Madness. When there's one game and you're done, anything can happen. What seed were they playing, by the way? They were playing a nine seed, an eight seed, I think. Wow. Eight mm -hmm. or nine seed. I picked the nine seed to win that game. I picked Loyola why Chicago to win. Uh, because I like them. I don't know. Uh, do I have a good reason? They made the final four like a few years ago as a 12 or 11 seed. Wow. Uh, they they were really good then. They have one player that was also on that team still there. They have mm -hmm. a, a chaplain, uh, Sister Jean, who gives pregame pep talks and uh, prayer circles. And she's just always there. And she was able to come to the bubble. So she's 101. She made it. And uh, yeah. So that's what happened. And I was like, you know what? I like picking upsets. So they're going to win. I, I think that's great. I think it's interesting also that you feel like you don't want to talk about it too much because you don't want to give it the evil eye or somehow jinx it as if mm -hmm. you have control over this. Exactly. Talking about it. So you basically have control over your feelings about it. So not exactly. talking about it makes you think that you're not going to be quite as hurt once that bracket goes south in some and way. The bracket's going to go south. <laughs> I already I assume that the bracket is going to go south I think that's the best way to do it because I pick who I like I'm like these guys can win you know I like these guys like their past tendencies certain seeds have a decent chance of getting upsets usually a 12 seed does not win the tournament but one or two 12 seeds can definitely win one or two games every year that's true and I don't know which one's going to win I don't watch every college basketball game there's all these advanced metrics and no one still knows that's why they play so the games. Why do we choose to get not excited about something because we're worried about disappointment later? Why don't we live the excitement at the moment so that we can experience that great feeling rather than not getting too excited and not experiencing that great a feeling and possibly because people think they're gonna they're gonna feel worse. I'm not sure, but I feel that a lot of people build up the anticipation and then they feel let down. So you think that so, if you build up too much anticipation, the ball is just going to be harder. Seems like it to a lot of people. So, I mean, what's that about falling? Who cares? Just feels bad. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the so one big upset from the first round was a 15 seed Oral Roberts beat Ohio State, who is mm. a two seed. You're probably pretty happy about that. Yeah. Uh, Nikki went to Michigan. Uh, she does not care about sports. But, you know, Ohio State is Michigan. I don't care about sports. I do like some sports. <laughs> I'm just not as into it as you and daddy are. Like, I she don't is know not. about them in the same way. Mm -hmm. You guys have beautiful conversations about it. I would say that that a large portion of your relationship with dad is based on texting back and forth, whatever's going on in a national sports tournament or even which something feel, local. Which feels like I should have more to talk about with my dad than just sports. But sports is great at connecting people. I do agree with that. So true. Uh, it also makes people do terrible things. So these kids playing in the NCAA tournament are 18, 19, 20, 21. Maybe the oldest are 22, 23 years old. There might be some grad transfers. I'm not sure what the eligibility rules are. I think if you're eligible, technically, you could probably be 30 and play. As long mm -hmm. as you haven't used up your eligibility or turned pro, you mm -hmm. probably can if you're like a grad student or something, or you just choose to go back to school and happen to be insanely good at basketball. Hmm. You can probably play as long as your eligibility is not up. Uh -huh. But most people are 18, 19, 20, 20. These are kids. They're right. my age. I guess I'm calling myself a kid, but they're young. You know, 
And so many people care about what these kids do playing basketball that when Ohio State lost, one of their players kept getting like death threats on Instagram. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so upsetting. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry to hear that. That really is just so upsetting. Mm-hmm. It, if they want to play basketball that badly, they should go and play basketball themselves. No, they and don't care about the playing right, of basketball. Right. They probably bet money or they probably like their bracket yeah, just yeah, got yeah, busted. So ridiculous. It's ridiculous how much people put into it. That's why I don't like betting on things. I like the excitement of the game for itself. Right. If I bet right. on it, I'm going to be a more disappointed if I lose the money. And mm-hmm. B, when you lose money, people do unsent ridiculous things. So true. Which is an important, and it's also money over something I can't control. Right. Yeah. I can choose Ohio state probably 24 out of 25 times beats oral Roberts. Right. There's still that one out of 25 times that oral Roberts can win. I mean, you could say any number four out of five, nine out of 10. It all means the same thing is small chance. They're actually going to win, but. Well, don't you think that's true about when you're doing their fantasy baseball league or whatever it is, is that no, all no, of no. the way in which you're, you're supporting a team changes That's true. on what you're doing in the mm-hmm. fantasy league. I'm not saying that you're spending money on it, but somehow your allegiance and what you're interested in generally supporting changes. It does. And you also take pride if you do well. I'm taking a lot of pride in my bracket right now. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm in like the top 99%. I'm in like, I'm wow. in the top 1%. And I got a little fire symbol next to my bracket name. I'm (laughs) loving it. Okay. I'm doing Did you did you put down Oral Roberts? No, I did not. Like life life threats to him. Like keep living. (laughs) No, I don't. I I did not put down Oral Roberts. I did not think they were gonna win. I usually pencil in the one and two seeds to win at least the first round. And the second round, I'm like, they could lose. (laughs) But the first round, usually they, they all win. That's just, but yeah, but I don't put that much value. That's why I pick lots of upsets. Mm. And if I win, I'm going to be happy. If I'm sad, I'm be say, oh, well, it's fun to pick brackets and try. try. And you do take pride in doing well. And then I minimize, I don't take pride in losing, but I minimize how I feel when I lose Mm. in the way that I don't care too much. If I lose, I will not, but I will be a lot happier. I win. I mean, you've, you've stopped really caring about losing and being that competitive. When you were young, you were so competitive. Yes, I was. We always say everything was like the, was it the ninth game of the World Series or whatever seven, it was? But you know, seven. They, they play seven games. <laughs> no, I know so many. Seven games of the World Series. They, it's best like- of seven. They don't always <laughs> play seven games too. They played nine, I think, in the first couple World Series. And then they said, this is too much. We got to stop. Yep, we're doing seven. Oops. Now you know how much I know about sports. I yeah. do know that thing about maybe the World Series having seven games, but I just said it. Anyway, it, but everything was like the seventh game of the World Series for you. Everything mm-hmm. was played that competitively, even when you were a 10-year-old playing a three-year-old. Like it I'm was always still very competitive. Are you still I, very competitive? It depends on what I'm playing. But yeah, we were playing a game of kick at the can with my housemates. And I absolutely mm-hmm. trucked one of my housemates. And he was <gasps> oh! pissed. And I felt pretty bad. But because I mean, I didn't see him, so I just I'm sorry, but you just saw that can, you just saw exactly that's kind of exactly what happened, and (laughs) very unfortunate. And yeah, did he lose an eye? No, he did not lose an eye like the hamster, but he was very mad. He was really mad. So, what happened? I apologize. 
I did apologize profusely. Everything's fine now. So everything's fine now. Yeah. You fed up. What did you do to make up? What? What did you do to make up? Uh, not going into that. But oh, maybe you need to go into it. Is I'm, that the segue? I'm not. <laughs> what? That is not the segue. Okay. We're not talking about that today. Okay. Um, I don't think you. Everyone use your imagination. Yeah. Use your imagination. Yeah, it's it's possible. What Adam did. <laughs> what I did. Yeah. Well, I apologize profusely. Okay. Cool. So, cool. and we're doing great now. So uh-huh. that's really good. But uh-huh. all the other thing is is I think being prepared and being in control of your actions can help you have a better relationship with others. Uh-huh. Because you when mean? you can control what you can control. You don't have to worry about what other people do that can mess with you. So mm-hmm. I had a group presentation on Friday. Oh, okay. this is the start of my crazy weekend. I had a crazy weekend. Okay. Uh, so this was the first day to go. And I, I, our group was making it and we were fairly prepared. Uh, and I like going first because we have the next four classes blocked out to do these presentations. And if we go first and I don't have to do anything for the next four classes, I don't have to worry if he calls on me randomly. I can just now check out and do something else for the entirety of class. No, I should I should focus on other people's presentations, you know, but my time is valuable, okay? <laughs> but you're going to be there anyway. It's not like... I'm going to be like, there, but I could also just work on other things. I can mute the computer and work on, like, my business, or I could work on Instagram posts. Oh, it's a Zoom thing. It's so a Zoom it's thing. Like going to be there and got it. Oh, no, I'm not going to be there in person. Mm. If I was there in person, it would be very different. But okay, so, that's what I... Yeah, so now I have all this free time in that class to do whatever I want, mm-hmm. which I'm ecstatic about because this class is boring as fuck. Anyways, is there any other projects that people are doing that might be interesting to you, though? I'm just just these are all ethics presentations. So it's about engineering ethics uh, mm. for all my podcasting and Instagram and businessing. I'm still in school for engineering. so <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of crazy. I don't even know what I'm going to do in the future. Uh, we'll probably talk about that at some point here too, of all the craziness, because I think going crazy while you have no debt, I'm very lucky. Thank you, mom. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure my friends will hear this <laughs> well, and be like, well, going to a safe school. I know that is true. That's true. I'm glad I went here. I always think yeah. what my life would be like if I went to a different school or even an out-of-state school, um, mm. a state school. Are you but, glad you were here? Because I wasn't sure as you were going through whether, like, was that the right decision for you in that particular school? Or are you glad that you're there? I'm glad that I'm here because of the people I'm living with and my friends that I made. And I'm, I'm doing it. I mean, is it, I think any other place I would have been to would have been great. But if I went somewhere else, I wouldn't have met those people I knew. It's life is about, I mean, I had an interesting conversation with my friend about chance in life. Like how random it is. Yeah, it is random that you get plopped down in these scenarios, but you also make what happens when you go into those scenarios. So mm-hmm. one of my friends I live with was a transfer student and he ended up in the suite with a bunch of people that I live with now. Mm-hmm. And he became really good friends with them. And mm-hmm. he could have been an entirely different suite and who knows what would have happened. Right. So yeah, there is a chance, but there's this randomness does exist in life, but it's also what you make with that opportunity. So true. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think that this has been a great experience. And I think anywhere that you go, you're going to make the most of it. And you're going to have a great time as long as you have that mentality. If you control what you can control about you doing the best you can, having the best time, having friends or how you show up. Exactly. Yeah, that, no, so that is what you well, I was just control. thinking, would you have been happier in a Wisconsin or a Michigan where you I would had be a very different person? Top 10 football. Yeah, I would be probably in a fraternity right now. And uh, 
who knows what would have happened. I don't know if I would have joined a fraternity, actually, but the chances are probably higher. So you think the chances would have been higher, you would have been in a fraternity there. Or something. And the reason why you're not in a fraternity here at New Pulse? Uh, the culture of the school, just I, there aren't as many fraternities. Fraternity and sorority life isn't as big a thing. And gotcha. I tried out for the baseball team. I didn't make it on the baseball team. And then I joined the Frisbee team. And it was a great decision. Best decision I made. So, but yeah, my life would be very different right now. I think for sure. I wouldn't have as close relationships with these people. I'd have close relationships with different people who like to do different things. And, you know, that, that would have been fine. But anyways, about preparation and controlling what you can control. I okay. was in my presentation on Friday. Okay. And we were each planned to do about five slides. Our slide was 20 slides. Our presentation was 20 slides. Right. We had a four-person team. Okay. So I did the first five, six slides. Then the next girl one. And I like presenting. I'm a very go with the flow presenter. Uh-huh. I don't micromanage what I'm going to say. I don't have a document in the background. I don't do anything. I just have an idea of what I'm going to say. And then I see the slides and I just keep going. I kind of freestyle my presentation off of my slides. The slides were primarily made by me and these two other kids who were going first, second, and third. Actually, they were entirely made by us. What am I saying? Uh, I'm not going to name any names, of course, but so I go first. I think I do pretty well. I like to say I'm, I'm decent at presenting. Uh, the girl goes second. She does fine. She does great. Girl goes third. She goes great. The fourth guy is the one who didn't spend as much time with us building the PowerPoint. And we always met on zoom, but he didn't spend as much time. And he had the final part, which was our, a little bit more of ethics and our solution and our ideas of what should be done. And he wasn't prepared to do that. Mm. And so uh, I think on our slides were past examples from real life companies because we got some made up scenario. Our scenario was like some faulty chip type thing. And the boss wanted to make more money. So he wanted to send it straight to consumers. So he was being unethical, the boss. Uh, But the last part of our presentation was past examples which he didn't really know anything about. So we just read off the slides. Sorry if you're listening to this. I mean, we had a great presentation. You know, if you somehow do find this podcast, I don't wish you any harm or I don't wish you any bad feelings. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he's going to hear it. (laughs) He might. And then maybe he'll have to think about whatever happened and reevaluate. That's true. That is true. He loves me right now, though. I I saved him. (laughs) But uh, you are a saving kind of guy. But what I did was I was prepared for that. So I was reading the slides as he was going through it in my head and noticed parts where maybe I could speak where he didn't know as much or where he wasn't prepared. And so I went once and it was fine. And then as we got to the last side slide, which is our final solution and our ideas about what should be done, he goes halfway through the slide, reading the slide. And then it's like, oh, and Adam will tell you the rest. <laughs> so he knew that you were ready to do that. I guess he knew I was ready to do that or he was just planning to tag me. And I don't, I don't know what, why he tagged me in and not anybody else, but I, I was able to finish out the presentation and you can control how you prepare for your presentation. So you can, or your life, so you can do something like that. That's, that's the point. If I wasn't prepared or maybe the other girls would have been prepared and could have hopped in and that's completely possible, but me being prepared allows me to hop in and finish the presentation. And I was like, okay, I'm, not really annoyed. Like I I have a story to tell. I will tell my friends that this happened. Like I'm glad I prepared. It is kind of annoying. I'm not going to lie, but now I've a different scenario could have happened where 
I could have had done a terrible job on the PowerPoint or not been prepared. And now I'm pissed at my teammate and we all do badly or something. So you can only control your actions. You can't control if the other people are prepared or not. You can control your response. But don't you find that other people just like to blame other people for whatever happens in their life? So they take a victim mentality. Yeah, but the victim mentality. Childhood. The victim mentality. I can understand that the victim mentality, if it goes towards childhood, yeah, there are things that happen that have people take on the victim mentality. But I think the victim mentality is something that people should shed. Now, there are certain scenarios where people are clearly victims. Right. Okay. But a victim mentality doesn't always, it always sometimes comes from someplace and you're not necessarily the victim in that scenario. And when you view yourself as the victim, you're less likely to take action. It leaves you very powerless. Mm-hmm. You're unable to take action. Exactly. If you view yourself as the victim, because that means that there is some kind of outside source that will come and save you from whatever scenario. And usually it's not only one thing. Now, like Adam said, we're not talking about the victim of abuse, the victim of trafficking, the victim of, of, of the way things run in society sometimes, but the, but the way you decide to think about it and what you make it mean. And then mm-hmm. how you decide to show up is all a possibility for you to change and do mm-hmm. something about. Now, I don't know in that scenario, I didn't see myself as like a victim of somebody. I don't know how I, I could maybe describe myself as a victim of him putting all this stuff on me, I guess. I don't know, but I don't really there see that. That's not my mentality. Yeah. There are people who do that, Adam, that they would decide, well, that guy didn't pull his weight. So I'm not going to do any more, or I don't want to do any more. Why would I do more when somebody else didn't do it? Mm -hmm. Like There are lots of people who do that, but the person who's going to get the job, the person who's going to move forward is the one that'll put in 110% and not blame other people for things not getting done. Yeah. And so that's my story on, I think, and how it's important to control what you can and keep being focused and doing the most that you can. And I think that's a, that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. And that's how I believe that people should be prepared. And I think that life goes a lot easier uh, in that scenario for everybody. Now, do I think that he should do that his entire life? No, I don't think you should go off. You should control what you can control. He can control. He maybe I wasn't prepared in that scenario and I'm not able to finish. He can only control that he tries to finish the presentation or pass it off. He gave up his control of his part of the previous presentation. And at that point, who knows what would have happened? Because in another scenario, he could have done that and I could have just not done anything. Right. And so that's why I think it's important to keep it in your mind and worry about or do the things that you're able to do. That's true. And that's my story of uh, my presentation. So that was Friday. Friday. That was Friday. It was a whole other weekend that you were talking about a little bit. Did you want yeah. to keep talking about it? Or there no? is a whole nother weekend. We, I could talk about it. Yeah. It's an interesting weekend. It was a. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a weekend. Yeah. It, it was, so you were talking a, about control and then you're talking about loss of control. And then there was, then there was a loss of, weekend. of control. Right. Is there somebody uh, my in your house room looking up at? No, I'm okay. just looking around my room. Okay, it's because you're trying to get out of thinking no. about this. No, 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 no. I'm trying okay. to talk slowly. I feel like a lot of times I talk faster. And so when I look around, it feels like I talk slowly, slower, oh, really keep my mind 
it's a perfect idea too. Like you focus on some sense outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great on focusing on some sense outside of yourself. Tell me a little thing that comes from a magical plant. Mushrooms. That's more focusing on yourself. That's focusing outside. It's kind of focusing on yourself. You don't think it's what your mind creates with those mushrooms? Oh, it definitely is. Inside of yourself. You had an external something that's creating. I I, I mean, kind of, but when you see things, it's kind of outside. I mean, I guess it is internal, but you were talking about- internal. No, but you were seeing other stuff. I could understand that. I was able to see how my mind connected. Actually, my friend who was sitting next to me, I was looking at the clouds. We're lying down in a field looking at clouds. It's pretty nice. I got to say, if you're doing mushrooms, a a field is a great place to do mushrooms. I support them. I I don't think you've done mushrooms before, right? I have never done mushrooms before. Uh, I'm not. How many people do you do mushrooms with? We're like five people who are doing mushrooms. I'm not saying we didn't take that many mushrooms, that much, like microdosing. So like 0.5 of a gram. And usually if you want to like really see shit, you take two to three grams. But 0.5 got me pretty messed up. Uh, and messed up in a good way. It, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, mushrooms can view as a good way or a bad way. You do lose control, but it's inside your mind. You do get to see kind of your mind. It was really I mean, interesting. A safe way that you do that, because I, I think that if you're talking about this on the podcast, you need to explain what a safe way. I to think do if you do it with a bunch of people, it's pretty safe. I think if you're together, then people can keep track. It's good to have a spotter who's sober. It is um, uh, definitely good to be in nature. It's a lot easier to bug out when you're just in a room. You feel trapped if you're in a comfortable setting. I think it's a lot easier. You do want to be out and about. Uh, I think mushrooms are fairly safe drugs compared to, let's say, acid or something. I think mushroom is definitely safer than acid or coke or, or cocaine. I mean, they're, it's definitely less addictive. I would say it's not a very addictive substance, even though I do love doing them. I haven't done it very often, but... The mushrooms. The, mu- the mushrooms, yeah. Why did you choose to do mushrooms? Because uh, it was nice outside and my friends had them. So it's it was just not a very good reason. So um, there but- wasn't a decision beforehand like, I, okay, I want to explore something in my mind or learn something about myself or decide something. Or there wasn't When I've previously done mushrooms before, I had a good time. It is okay. a really like, I, I view it as a kind of more intense high where you kind of like connect things you see not exactly visuals coming out of thin air. You won't see a dragon, but I, I was able to see via very geometrically knowing that I could kind of see like lines. So like I would look up and I would see lines crisscrossing and stuff. And there'd be like, little, it was kind of like, I felt like I was seeing the fabric of the universe. Wow. That's interesting. Which I think is fascinating. But mm-hmm. anyways, it, it's also, you know how I know it was mental. Cause I was looking in the clouds and I thought I saw a bus. I was saying, um, yo, it kind of looks like a bus up there. And then my friend also saw a bus. So when was it mind, a cloud shaped like a bus that you- The cloud wasn't really shaped together. like everything, <laughs> anything. <laughs> but I thought I saw the geometrics of a bus a little bit. And I wasn't tripping fully. Like I didn't see any insane visuals. But you know, when you see texture, when you see ripples, you just really intently stare and stuff. Or when there's stimulation, you just really too much stimulation is a bad thing, though. I gotta say, too much stimulation can just be overriding for the senses. Mm. Uh, because you do need to be in a very safe environment. And a safe environment meaning with people that you trust. I agree with that. Yeah. You're gonna run out in front of a road. Like Mm -hmm. what what is safe or unsafe? Uh I just think it's the people you're around. I think that, yeah, 
running out into the world would be bad, but I don't think you would run out into the world. I think you also see society, at, see it different. You don't see what can hurt you as much. So there was a pile of rocks. We went on a walk. There was a pile of rocks. And uh, I went to the top of the rocks and I wanted to run down, but I had in the back of my mind also that these are rocks. If I ended up face planting, that would be a really bad thing. Right. So, so you were able to control. I was able to control. Initial thought that running yeah. down would be fun. Mm-hmm. but probably not a great idea. Exactly. Because it could turn out to be painful. Yeah. I'm going to go to another subject. Do you feel like you have that kind of control when you drink alcohol? Like, do you consider alcohol? I don't necessarily. I stopped drinking alcohol for the most part, uh, except for the other night, which was a very sloppy night uh, in the way that I got very drunk very quickly. <laughs> Do you think you got drunk quickly because you hadn't drank in so long and then all of a sudden a little bit with a lot for your system? I think it was that and I just drank a lot. Did you drink it quickly? I did. Uh-huh. I did drink very quickly. Uh, Why did but... you decide to drink at that point? Because you had really made a decision to not drink. So I'm just there wondering- were a bunch of people that we knew previously that were coming to the house. It was like kind of like a reunion type weekend. I know. I'm sorry, guys. COVID is a real, very real thing. Actually, Miami Beach just got just put in a curfew of 8 p.m. because there are too many spring breakers. Wow. Which, yeah, we, we didn't really want this to happen, but it ended up sort of happening. And then a bunch of people were here and, you know, you're like, well, everybody's coming. It felt hard to say no and stuff. And so we just ended up, I just ended up sending it, to be honest. And so what was hard yeah. to say no, them coming to the people coming there ended up to the people coming. And then once that happened, like I was like, yeah, this is a big, like a reunion weekend type thing. And it would be fun to drink with guys that I know previously all again. And well, I still know them, but who I was close to or who people have lived with recently again, and I'm going to not drink again for probably another month. I mean, when I made a conscious effort to stop drinking, it's because if I drink every weekend, I'd don't like that. I don't feel good. I want to do more things if I drink multiple times a week. I don't want to feel hungover many times a week. I've made it in the effort that I wanted to do more and I'm not very productive. Drinking so alcohol is a fun it? thing to do. So was it? I think it was it? worth it. I think if it's every once in a while, I do think it's worth it. I think that I don't want to deal with how I felt very often, but if there's a big occasion, I can understand drinking like a, a lot, probably maybe need to limit it a little more. I, I did not have a great next day. I kind of threw up everywhere, to be honest. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry. So was it worth? I'm just, I'm just trying to like know what's going on in your mind. Was my it mind? worth it? Was it worth it to drink while you drank and whatever happened compared to what happened afterwards? Like, was I do, the, I do think, think so because I do think That's it was okay. worth it for that time. I don't think I could do that very often. So it was worth it for that moment. It, so Because I think that when you stop drinking as much, then those times when you do drink, you think it works and it's more of a novelty thing. It's more exciting. When you don't do something as often, when you do it again, it's so exciting. It's more exciting. I do believe that's true. I mean, that is a trick of the mind, I'm assuming. But it's definitely well, a trick but, of the mind because you so don't expect things. Thing. Right. So was, you could have drank, but you didn't necessarily need to drink that much. So what made you drink that much? I sent it. <laughs> <laughs> just felt like it. I just sent it. Yeah. 
sending is, is like going going like know. off the deep end. Just be like fuck it, and start doing it. Huh? And that's what that means. That means so you just it was like fuck it. I'm just gonna do that. Yeah. If I'm choosing to drink, I'm gonna drink fully. And then the next day, I woke up and started cleaning my room and you know washing my sheets and clothes and stuff and trying to get over a hangover. So you basically, took- did you sleep in your vomit? Uh, I changed my sheets at some point. Turns out that I vomited over the side of my bed. I'm a very lucky individual because I don't remember vomiting. I, I mean, I'm glad you didn't choke on it. That's what I'm saying. I'm a very lucky individual. Or my okay. blackout self is also very uh, smart. Okay, so so I'm your so mother. Don't be too terrified, okay, my mom. We're okay. We're okay. Now it's a funny <laughs> story. See, when you, it's not a fun. It's now a funny story. It's now a funny story. Okay. Yeah, I know. Not everybody tells their mom when they almost asphyxiated on their own alcohol. Okay. <laughs> I, I have a very special relationship with my mom where she will, I will tell her that and she will still love me dearly and not think it very differently about any differently. About oh yeah, no, mom. totally. I know. I just, I'm, I'm fascinated. I also think okay. that that is a good mentality to have because people do things that they want to do and you can love them entirely and not think of them very differently. When they do those things, I think that something that somebody enjoys to do, as long as it's not hurting anybody, is very different than you can still love them. Like, that's what their own choice is, if that makes sense. Right. You can you can love them fully and you can also put up boundaries and love people. That's true. Fully too. That I think true. people don't realize that. So if I were... I don't know if I had a boundary related to me somehow thinking that you were drinking and maybe not going to school or whatever it is, I could decide that if you drink, blah, 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 I'm not going to pay for school and still love you tremendously. Like I don't have to attach a feeling to that. That's not- true. And we could talk more about boundaries. about boundaries and loving people next week. Cause that's all the time we got for today. Oh no! <laughs> and so that was my, that was my weekend. Oh my God. Uh, I'm calling it my little vacation. This was spring break, the equivalent of spring break week last week, last year. So I'm calling this week in my little vacation. And uh, yeah. Sorry, the, the, the vomiting fun. and almost asphyxiating and then the blackout, like what else happened? I don't know. That doesn't well, sound I, like a lot of fun. I ran upstairs supposedly and yelled who vomited in my room. <laughs> that was you. Oh my God. That's- so well, I didn't even know how much I vomited. I th- I was trying to run upstairs and get new sheets because I didn't want to see my vomit because I woke up just in the middle of the night. I didn't wow. even know how much vomit there was over the side of my bed until the next morning. Wow. Which, yeah, which is very lucky for me. Uh, and then the shrooms was a great time. And then I didn't feel hungover afterwards. And I woke up today and I felt like myself. And so I'm ready to tackle the rest of the semester and uh, talk more. I hope you guys thought that that was interesting, uh, talking about my crazy weekend. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting. interesting. I I love Uh, hearing about it. I don't think everybody talks to their mom about that type of thing, but you know. Hey, can I tell you one more story? Because I actually went out with a group of people Mm -hmm. and I was speaking to one woman, other doctors, and she was talking about her mom is just really anxious and nervous. And so part of my job is going to these small fishing villages and taking these small kind of minivan Cessna caravan planes. And her mom gets really anxious and, and crazy about all this stuff. And so she ends up not telling her mom about anything. And so she said, well, it's a mom's prerogative to get anxious. I said, well, it might be her prerogative to get anxious, but then she gets no information. 
my way of dealing with it was just to like act stupid, be a fly on the wall and not say anything unless I really thought that somebody's life was in danger. Mm -hmm. And then I just got tremendous amounts of information. And I think you guys talk to me a lot because you don't have to take care of my worry, my anxiousness and my, yeah, you don't, you, you're worried that we're safe. You're not worried about what we do. I, I'm worried well, you are, safe. but I worry about what you do, but, but I get to work on that worry myself. I don't you know you what is the last thing she can't control what we do. So you can worry, true. you can control, you can worry about your own response. You can control your own response to what people do or what your kids do. So you true. can't control, especially at our age when we're off somewhere, what your kids do. And also, and if you, you could barely control them when, when they were young, you could set mm-hmm. up the limits and the boundaries, but you could barely control that too. And also the people who try to control their kids' life tends to have worse relationships with their kids, just from what I can see. Yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely. Yeah. What I, what I suggest, especially with your young people is unless you think it's life-threatening, <laughs> stay really quiet, be a little fly on the wall, act stupid and listen. Mm-hmm. And thanks for listening to the Reluctant Vegan Sun podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed, please like, subscribe, and review uh, the podcast. And yeah, we love you guys. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye.